you know in Canada we have no fair catch rule? No fair catch? No fair catch. Holy mackerel. <laughs> you know, hopefully there's Ashman on the side with the medics. Somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> no fair catch? Injuries? I see some pain. Ah, uh, that could be kind of dangerous. I believe somebody get killed like that. <laughs> you guys like it violent up there, huh? <laughs> CFL. We play by our own rules. Why do you think it takes you guys four downs to get ten yards? We only need three up there. Because we always make mistakes. Oh, we're just kind of slow, you know, laid back. Got to get an extra down in before we can get our ten yards. Yeah, well, they give us one just in case. I love four downs. Uh, first down, second down, third down, you know, fourth down. They're saying you're better than us. They want the game to go slower, I guess, for the commercials. Y'all are obviously better. Must be the long winters, maybe? Do they have longer legs? Are they faster? Is there, you know, better gene pool? In the CFL, the play clock is 20 seconds rather than 40. 20 second play clock. Quicker, quicker tempo. Well, they better be a lot smarter men on the field then. Yeah, man, the respiratory system needs to be in good shape. That's pretty quick. That doesn't sound very fair. It doesn't give them enough time. They barely have time to do it here. God forbid there's a different defense. Oh, boy, that's fast. I mean, you got to get yeah. it done. I'll say 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I get them an extra 10 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds, you know, that, would, seconds. that would keep things moving and moving. grooving. You know, in the Canadian Football League, we have 12 guys instead of 11. What do you think, an extra man out there? Of course. They all look good in their pants. <laughs> Ooh. Can I take him home? I think you can ha never have too many men in tight pants on a football field. And we have unlimited motion in our backfield. Wow. Wow. You know? <laughs> a whole new realm of possibilities, huh? And, and they're ready to go again in 20 seconds. Where is this again? That's interesting. I may have to rest up a little. <laughs> CFL, i got to watch it. Go Canada. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the program. I'm Candid Frank, and this is CFL Talk, as always, Candid Frank. And as Trevor Harris asked, is this live? And yes, it is. It is actually live, and, and I'm glad to be here with you. We've been off the air for a little while. I've uh, been dealing with some health issues, and uh, but I'm, uh, I think I'm okay. Uh, I got the green light from uh, the hospital, so I think I'm okay. So I, can, I think I can do this, and it is really my pleasure. There's nobody I'd rather have on for the first show back than Trevor Harris. Literally, God knows, faith gets us where we need to be, but we do have to make a commitment to to get there. Well, you made a commitment to Edmonton, Trevor Harris. Uh, what led to that decision? Um, you know, it just felt like the right fit. And as the pieces of the puzzle started uh, working together in the offseason uh, with Ottawa, it just became clear that they were moving in a different direction. And, you know, that, that was something that uh, we didn't – neither side anticipated towards the end of the year. But I'm just grateful that uh, the position at Edmonton was open. And, you know, I made a quick decision because I knew uh, that's where I wanted to be. But also I wanted to be a part of the recruiting process for some other guys. And you did that. Uh, a few Ottawa Red Blacks came along with you, in particular Ellingson. Um, you had that kind of conversation. Like, did you did you get that advice uh, maybe from a certain basketball player? I know we've talked about basketball, building a super team. Um, did you did you? How how hard was it to convince those guys to come along with you? Um, you know, when you're talking about a great organization like Edmonton, you know. Greg and I enjoy playing together. Uh, you know, I think all, all players recruit to a certain degree. You know, you make sure that you're in a consistent way. 
whether Greg came or not, that's a great situation, but it becomes even better than there. You know, you have a top-tier receiver in the league, and I don't know that he still gets the credit that he deserves uh, across the league and the recognition he deserves. I think people just assume that he's supposed to have over 1,000 yards and 90 catches. And, uh, he's, he's a special talent, and, you know, him along with Brad, and we're going to miss Brad a lot. But it's, uh, it's a great situation to be in, and Greg, uh, I know he's, he's fortunate. He feels very fortunate to be a part of it as well. You felt that way after the playoff game last year before the Great Cup, the Eastern uh, Final. You said that as well. Is it is it really from your position? Uh, I, I I don't know how that's possible because as a viewer of the game, a, a fan, a season ticket holder, and a, a fan caster, I don't see any reason to believe that he isn't one of the best, not only playing right now, but ever. I think we've had a problem with Trevor's mic or his telephone. Um, I could try to call him back, but I guess uh, for those of us that that have had a chance to follow free agency, free agency has been something that has brought us a lot of surprises. There have been, there has been a lot of movement. Uh, we've seen the three top quarterbacks move around, and there's another quarterback, of course, Nichols in in Winnipeg, who didn't go anywhere. And of course, Mazzoli in Hamilton, and it's it's been a really interesting uh, an interesting time for for those of us for those of us that are following the Canadian Football League, because with the Canadian Football League comes the notion that you can't have a decent team without a good quarterback. It really is important the Canadian Football League, and some are, are suggesting, and, and and I have heard that the talk about the AFF. That's by the way. By the way, that's me calling Trevor again. Hello. That there are a lot. There, hey, Trev. There, there are a lot. There are a lot of people who are talking about quarterbacks and how important a quarterback is to a team. And I was just getting into the thing where the new football league, the AAF. You you didn't give any consideration to the Alliance of American Football, did you? I didn't. Um, I I really love the CFL. I think that you know I've been able to flourish as a person and as a player and. So I didn't really feel the need uh, to, to kind of explore that option, but um, you know I just feel very fortunate to be in the CFL. You have been you have been a player, a person, a human being who believes in himself. One year contracts and and going that route is not normal uh, in sports nowadays. A lot of players want some sort of guarantee. Why is it that you are so confident, or why do you only sign a one-year contract? Why have you done that? I signed a two-year contract with Edmonton. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, but, uh, I mean, if you think about it, there's uh, the CFL contracts are all one-year contracts, and actually less than that, they're all one-day contracts. Because at any point in time, a team can say, hey, you know, we're not, we don't really want to, we don't want you on the team anymore and have, no consequences of releasing you. Right? And so really one-year contracts are all of the contracts. So I know that fans want continuity. They want fan, or they want players to commit for long-term and, you know, have relatable, you know, things. But if you commit to a long-term contract uh, and underperform, a team's free to cut you, uh, ask you to take a pay cut, uh, whatever the case may be with no, uh, with no repercussions. And so the commitments are all one-sided, you know, if you commit to a longer than a one-year deal. You made you made this this agreement uh, prior to you know the 
the bargaining agreement being ratified. How much consideration? I know Mike Riley mentioned that a lot. Uh, is, is that something among the players that's that's really important, and especially for quarterbacks, or did it have little or no effect this time around? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people felt a certain way about it. I felt the opposite. I didn't. That the the CBA had nothing to do with. Once I kind of like looked into it, like toward after the season a little bit, I was I kind of just thought it was silly um, to wait on the new CBA because. It's not going to be done till May, and by that time, I mean, is everybody going to wait till May? You know, because rosters are going to be filled out, and you want to know where you're going to be, and you want things to be smooth and uh, come to an agreement, and all those sorts of things. So, um, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a little overblown, but um, either way, you know, some people had their thoughts on it, but my thought was, uh, I didn't really know if the the cap was going to go up a significant amount, but I've I'm not really a guy that's trying to squeeze every penny out of a team anyway. So I was just more or less just looking to be in the best situation I could be in to, uh, to go compete for championships. That situation turns you to the Edmonton Eskimos. This is a team with a deep history of winning um, there. They know what it's like to have a great quarterback. Uh, how does it feel to fill those shoes? I know it's a small world out there with the quarterbacks in the Canadian football league. How, how are those Riley boots going to fit you? I'm not going to wear them. I'm going to wear my own shoes. And <laughs> I plan go. on going there and and being myself. Um, but this is nothing new to me. I mean, I've had to play in front of Ricky Ray. I've had to replace Henry Burris and now Mike. And so this is not new hat to me. It's not anything that scares me or frightens me. It's something I relish. and I plan on going there and raising the bar. That bar... Um, wasn't that high this past year. The, the Edmonton Eskimo fans uh, had to be disappointed. Not only did they not win a great cup, and it was there, and we were there to watch it, um, the team didn't make the playoffs. What kind of mindset do you go yeah. in there with, knowing that, that this is a team, an organization, and a fan base that expects far more than not making the playoffs, and who have had recent memory, have had a good history? Yeah, of course, and you know, I don't know that I'd want to be a part of uh, – I don't plan on being a part of a team that doesn't have those expectations. And if they're not expectations from the outside, they're sure as heck are going to be from my end uh, for the rest of my career. I want to make sure that, you know, I am I have the expectation to make the playoffs and make a push for the Grey Cup every single year. And um, I, I sure do relentlessly work um, like it, like I'm, go- like I'm going after that every year. And I, don't, I just kind of go on with the mindset of I'm not going to let my teammates down and I'm not going to let my teammates not squeeze every ounce of, you know, their talent and capabilities out of them. And so uh, my job this year is to go in and uh, get my teammates all banded together, us getting on the same side of the rope, pulling together, and, you know, raise this thing up together because no championship in football especially is going to be one on your own. And I want to make sure that I go in there and uh, just be the leader I can be, the best leader I can be and influence the best I possibly can. Trevor, you're not a, you're not a big fan of losing. And, and you really do invest a lot emotionally in winning. What do you gather from, you know, uh, we all have to face setbacks, obviously, because that's what life's all about. Life doesn't come easy for all of us. What have you learned from uh, the last year's Grey Cup that you want to take moving forward? Yeah, a lot of times, you know, you're going to have those, those setbacks, like you said. And, you know, you can rather think of it as a setback or you can think of it as, you're getting pulled back in a slingshot and you're going to slingshot forward even further. And I choose the, I choose the latter of the two. 
and you know I want to take all the experiences that I have is I'm rather going to win or learn and you know if you can learn through those experiences and not only can you learn for yourself but you can learn for your teammates you can learn for your family for the future uh for the future when you coach whatever it may be you've got to take those experiences learn from it and help it catapult yourself forward and make sure that you don't make the same mistake twice which is something i think that i've done a good job of throughout my career is uh, i've taken you know situations i've learned from them and i've allowed myself to kind of make the same mistake twice so i try and learn as much as i can and just press forward and try and get better each and every day Yes, and, and, and part of getting better each and every day, we talk about the game of football as a family experience outside of your, your, your own personal family unit. The team in itself is a, a giant family. You, you're bringing a couple of former Ottawa Red Blacks. You've got a guy like Sir Vincent Rogers who followed you from Toronto to Ottawa. Now he follows you to, to Edmonton. Let me ask you, you're you're a guy who truly believes that it's a we, not a me. And is that why these guys are following you around? And how important is the the we rather than me? Um, you know, I think a lot of guys make the decisions they do for themselves and what's best for them and their family uh, for the most part. Now, some people, there's, there's a few people that are willing to take less and, you know, put themselves in a situation that they want to be in. Because uh, in the CFL, you're not making life-changing money. So, I can't really fault somebody just like if uh, just you're an Argo guy. If Hamilton offered right. to pay you 60 grand more to go commentate their games or talk to their players, you sure as heck would, you know? And so darn right I would. That's just how that's how they what's that? Darn, darn right I would. I was just echoing your that's statement. That's right. And so yeah, and so guys have got to make sure that, you know, they're taking care of themselves and their family. And so, you know, you can't fault that. And Sir Vincent actually went to Ottawa before I did. And I went a year after him. And so, uh, you know, guys make decisions for that. But once you get in that situation, that's when it's time to get in the phone booth, big phone booth together, band together, and become that family, like you said, because the fact of the matter is during the season, you are family. And you spend just as much, if not more, time with your teammates as you do your family. And so if you can learn to, to love one another, band together, and really care about each other, that's when you're going to get the more effort. That's when you're going to get that exceptional teamwork that actually leads to prosperity and amongst the team and more success. And success breeds success. And when you start caring about each other, you fight harder. And I think that's the times that you do is you figure out your situation and then you start banding together and saying, hey, I really care about these guys. And you know, eventually, uh, maybe you do get the, that feeling that, you know what, I would take a hometown discount to be here because I love these guys so much. But um, – I'll never be a guy, especially in the CFL, to fault somebody for, for you know, going after a little bit more money because, like I said, you know, you're not making life-changing money. So uh, some of these guys need to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, and that's exactly what they do. And You know, you can't fault them. I think there's another reason. And, by the way, I was kidding. I would never go to Hamilton. That's the last place I'd go to. But that, that's just beside <laughs> the point. Until, um... until, you get, until you get offered 80 grand more. <laughs> oh, you just gave me a, you gave it you up the offer by twenty grand. Thanks, Trevor. Hey, um, hey, I, I, hey. this is called bargaining. See, leverage. We're bargaining. Talking, now we're talking leverage, right? Bar- <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, you know, um, it, it is important. It is important. We talk about family. We talk. Uh, we haven't talked about your faith. You're 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 very faith driven, and and uh, I know it's not popular for us to talk about it publicly, but but I want to give you this chance to, to express uh, why faith is so important to you. 
It always has it been. Always- um, you know, when I grew up, I was just like basically the – I had no understanding of what the concept it was. I was just like, the, hey, it's game day. Don't say a cuss word. Um, so God blesses me, and I play good. But I, once I got in college, I got a real understanding of who Jesus is, what he's about, and and what he came to do for us. And now that I now that I've got a firm grasp of that, and I feel really in tune with the Spirit, and I've been I know that I've been blessed to to be able to play this game, and be able to follow my dreams. You know, I just try and glorify God as much as I can. And you know, sometimes you know you get uh, the social media world. You know, you take some criticism for it, but uh, that's kind of the way it is. And, you know, but uh, that's that's me. And I'm going to be authentic, and I'm going to, if I can speak out for Christ, I will. And if you ask me about my faith, I'm going to be, you know, very outspoken about it because that's who I am. That's how I was raised, and uh, that's just me. And I'm not going to be very good at being anybody else. And I think that'd be a detriment to my teammates and be a detriment to my family and my upbringing. And so, and what I believe in more important than anything. So I just try and be myself. And I think when I can be myself and authentic, that's when I'm going to maximize my potential. And that's when I'm doing my best by my teammates. And so I just try and be me and authentic me is, you know, a Christian fun loving guy. Um, it's not very patient, but working on myself every day and wanting to be the best leader I can be to help others and glorify Jesus in the process. We're talking to Trevor Harris of, uh, I guess I'll say it, the Edmonton Eskimos, formerly of, of course, the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Toronto Argonauts, uh, a man who has been driven to be the best he can be. You, you've given us an opportunity to be really entertained. We've talked about, we've talked about your faith. We've talked a little bit about family. Um, we haven't really talked personal family. How's the little one doing? He's great. He just turned two. Um, he's, my parents got him a little John Deere Gator, a little mini Gator, and he's two years old, and I swear I'm not being that dad. He uh, <laughs> he drives this thing around. He can maneuver it. He loves, like, little cars, and so I think he's kind of learned just from watching little car videos, and he can steer that thing and maneuver it. It's really funny, and he's just a happy dude. Um, he's, he's a big-time blessing for Kaylee and I, and we just enjoy watching him grow up. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten to know Kaylee a little bit. You've got a great family, and, and I really appreciate the time you guys spend together. And, and of course, uh, the in-laws, too, that are that are very in tune with what you're doing. Family's very important. Family, the team. We talked about finances. No one should be, begrudge anyone trying to make as much as they can to help support their family. We agree with that, and I'm, I'm happy to hear your on, honesty about that. But let's talk. We talked a little bit about the team and 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 not having to fill the shoes of Mike Riley, but drop your shoes in that locker and 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 see what comes of that. Tell me a little bit about the team yeah. and and uh, what you're what you're hoping uh, for that team in the context of now leaving the Eastern Division to play in the Western Division. It's not like you play teams that much more because you're in the Western Division. But there is a different mindset. Now you find yourself in the same division in a few miles south, uh, sorry, north of a pretty good quarterback in Bo Levi Mitchell. Are you, are you looking forward to that Alberta battle? Yeah, yeah, I am. And, you know, Bo's not the best in my career. And uh, I want to make sure that I, I get I get some of that back if I can. And so I'm going to be doing everything I can. And, you know, a couple of people have asked me, like, man, you can't believe you want to come over to the West. I mean, but if you want to win great cups, you got to beat the best. So, really, if I can't beat the best team, I'm not going to win a great cup anyway. So, it really doesn't make any difference to me. 
And the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm over here and I'm excited about it. And, you know, the fact is that these other teams, they're going to line up against us. And kind of my mindset is we're going to bring it every single week. The other teams are going to bring it every single week. And we're going to have a lot of fun this year. Uh, the CFL is in a great place right now with how many great teams, the parity amongst the league. And uh, this year is going to be a fun one, um, especially with the shakeup in the league. You know, a lot of teams have got some new faces. And it's going to be a blast to see how it all shakes out. There's there's a big connection between Ottawa and Edmonton. Your GM is uh, used to be with with uh, Ottawa, and your head coach used to be in Ottawa as well. Tell me first of all, what was it like negotiating with, with negotiating with Sutherland? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm here. You here? You're, you're, you're my, yeah, you're, there we go. Yeah, I got you. Now. Yeah, negotiating with a former. Yeah, it's it's all good. Um, you, you're negotiating with a GM that you knew from Ottawa. What was that like? Um, you know, it was taken care of by my agent. Yep, definitely going through a bad area. Um, so. For you folks that are listening, uh, obviously Sutherland came from Ottawa to be the GM of the Edmonton Eskimos. The Eskimos have been under a lot of pressure to get better. They didn't make the playoffs. He also, Trevor also has Jason Moss there as his coach that he knew in Ottawa. If we get him back, we'll get that question from him. He might drop uh, soon. There it is. And I'll give him another call back. And I'm curious because, you know, it's not like he went to a place that he didn't know and didn't know about him. And that's the part for me that I think is very interesting in how small a world the Canadian football league is. You know, there, there are a lot of players. A lot of players are, are involved in the game. They all have a, a great opportunity to share experiences together. And I'm just curious what, what it's like having that small world exist the way it does in the Canadian football league. Got your back, Trevor? No. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Trevor, send me a message. We're going to go for a break, and I'm going to try his other phone number. But for now, we'll listen to this. Hi, this is Trevor. Leave me a message, and I'll get back to you. The lines of scrimmage in the Canadian game are a yard apart rather than on the tips of the ball. How do you okay. think that would affect play? Hey, you know, the, the difference is, hey, hey, NFL, we're like this, right? Right. right here, you're going inside, boy, you're going to get it. Right. You're going right. outside, I'm going with you, right? Right. Okay. But in ball, now I, now, now I got to square up. I got to square up and look at you, right? And when you start to make a move, then I'm going to turn my hips, all right? You're going to go, I'm going to go. Go, 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 go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Get out of there. Get out of there. You got it. That's football, Canadian style. <laughs> How you doing today, sir? Right on. You uh, you think the NFL going to three downs is a good idea? You like a 20-second play clock? No fair catch rule up there. A lot more scoring. CFL. Not getting much out of this guy. CFL. That's where the action is. Hello? 
all about being Canadian. Hey, back, Trevor. Okay. Well, what I was almost done with you, and Mike Townsend just joins me, my co-host. Mike is changing his colors. He used to be an Ottawa fan. He painted his transport truck, Ottawa Colors, and now he's asking people what team he should follow. Mike, I got Trevor Harris on the line here. Does the green and gold sound good to you or what? Yeah, Frank, it do sound good. Hey, what's up, Trevor? How you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. Frank, I'm going around asking people what colors I should, what CFL colors I should put on my truck for the next go-round. And, you know, I was a Red Blacks fan, but I am still am, but they lost a lot of favorite people that I like, man. I'm just sitting here like, man, come on. That's what did y'all do? Mike, my question is, you like money, don't you? Oh yeah, money green, that? baby. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Money green. You like money? You like money, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I love money, Trevor. You, I love and it. Shoot, you like and gold is and gold is just like money. So why not green and gold? There, there you go. Put that big old Edmonton ass <laughs> on the side of that truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. Hey, you know what, Frank? Well, uh, real quick, I gotta I gotta start and tell Trevor real quick here. It's only gonna take two minutes. I w- I was in Hamilton, and uh, m- me and my brother and I was. At the Red Blast game, y'all came to play Hamilton. And not knowing, I was sitting right in front of your mom and dad, man. They said, that's my son right there. So at the uh, end of the game, your, your mom and your dad. And I think you scored it. And you came in through the ball at him, man. He threw it over my head. <laughs> your dad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. man. That's fun. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Trevor, um, we're – we're almost done here. I really appreciate the time you've taken with us. We're Trevor Harris, Mike Townsend, our co-host here. Mike, by the way, is a, a CFL football fan. He goes everywhere. We go to the Great Cups together. He travels to all the cities to watch um, his Ottawa team play. Uh, well, now apparently it's not his team anymore, but I always razz Mike <laughs> that he changes his mind anyway. But uh, every so often, he, he, he's a travel. He, he follows a team that he really feels he can support. I was asking you about uh, how how important was it? Uh, I know you were saying we were in the middle of the discussing discussing um, signing the contract with with uh, Edmonton. I was asking you if having Sunderland, the guy that you knew from Ottawa, did that have any impact? Uh, you were saying, well, your agent took care of it. Is there anything else you'd like to add as far as that that relationship is concerned? And does that have any impact? Did that have any impact on you making it uh, to Edmonton? Yeah. Oh, of course. You know, I. Brock Sunderland's a guy I believe in, and he's a guy I believe in his leadership strategy, and he's very open and honest, and he players know how much he appreciates them. And um, you know, he's somebody that I really admired uh, when, in my time in Ottawa. Uh, even though him and I didn't speak a ton, but he was he was a guy I admired the way he led and the way that he carried himself, the way that he treated others. Always has his eyes up. You know, the consistent guy every day brings the energy, and um, he's a guy that I think that people love to follow. And so it, it for sure played a big part for me. And then of course, uh, the Ottawa connection extends also to the head coach, Jason Moss. Uh, he was a coach that, uh, helped you become a better quarterback. How important was it and how much of an impact was his presence as head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos and you're arriving there and signing a contract with them? It was the same. You know, Jay was the first coach I had in the CFL. He was in Toronto for my first three 
three years. So I got to learn a heck of a lot of football from him. And I learned the basics of the CFL game from Jay. And so the fact that he was, you know, the head coach there and, uh, you know, he knows what I'm about as a person. And uh, we sure as heck have grown as people in the four years we've been apart. But um, he's obviously a big, uh, big reason why I wanted to come there as well. And so it was kind of a slam dunk with Brock there, with Jay there. And, you know, it just worked out to be a great fit for me. Now, you, you have been always in the conversation of being an elite quarterback in the Canadian Football League last year. Uh, many thought that, you know, you had one of the best years uh, of your career. I think the, the, the numbers say so. How important uh, is it to be appreciated? Um, and, and how does that fit into your overall goal in your career in the Canadian Football League? Uh, man, I'd be lying to say it means a ton for uh, person X on the uh, TSN panel to tell me I'm elite. Uh, really what what matters to me is that my teammates believe in me and that they know that I love them, and that's really where it, what it comes down to. Um, those opinions are great, and I really respect those guys as people, as football players, um, and what they do. Um, but that that's not going to have an impact if I'm throwing accurate passes or um, how we play on a, on a given day, you know, they're, they're paid to have an opinion and they do a great job of what they do. But, uh, to say that it's going to impact me or fuel me, that's just really short sighted to me. And so I don't, I don't really put a ton of stock in that, but, uh, you know, it sure is cool that they, that we have such good, great panelists on there. Okay. My last, my last, my last question for you is this, we've talked about a, a few angles of life in general, the football family outside of your team, how relevant and how important has been the re- ongoing relationship I'm sure you have with players that you've known, the few that you've known from college, and as you have progressed in your football career? How important has it been, even for those players that haven't been around you forever but have crossed paths, how important are those relationships in your mind? You know, it's, it's fluid. Those guys uh, that you play with, you develop relationships with them. I still talk to – I just ate lunch with Chad Cacker. I was in Dallas. And he lives down there right now, and we had lunch together, and it was like we'd never – it's like we'd see each other yesterday. I've talked to Swayze quite a bit and Mitchell Gale, and I stay in touch with Zach. And um, those are just guys from Toronto. And I know I'll keep in touch with certain guys from Ottawa, you know, like Brad Sinopoli and R.J. Harris and – uh, Alex Mateus, and, you know, I have a lot of respect for those guys there, and I know I'm leaving a ton of people out, but I don't want to say five names and not ten, you know, but uh, I've got a ton of friends that I've played with, and I look forward to, to developing more relationships, and um, you just never know how you're going to help, you know, somebody in the future or how they can help you, and um, I think the more pe- the more relationships you have, the the better and the obviously more impact you can have to, to reach out to others and impact and help them. He he goes back. Um, Chad Cackard is uh, the three of you were always after the games at Shoeless Joe's after the games, having dinner, interacting with all the fans. And and how how enjoyable is it for you? We talk all the time uh, about how great you guys are with the fans. Tell me a little bit about that, your interaction with the fans, uh, Toronto, Ottawa, and now in Edmonton. You can generalize or be specific up to you. Um, it's more of a general sense. It's it's just awesome, you know, the the access that the fans have to the players in the CFL versus the NFL. Um, I don't know that in the NFL that 
teams or fans are going to be able to go down and talk to Matt Ryan after a game. But in the CFL, we get to interact with the fans. So I think that's something that makes the CFL really unique is that we we have a good relationship with our fans and we, you know, individually interact with them, Toronto, Ottawa, and I look forward to that in Edmonton as well. And so I think it's a, uh, I think it's a big thing, big cog in the engine of why the CFL is such an awesome thing. The last thing I'd like to say is uh, I'm very happy to hear you said you were with Chad, and I know Chad was willing, uh, Jack Hackert was willing to publicly discuss his health issues and what he was wanted everybody to know, and, and I'm sure you know this already, and if there's anything else you want to add, Chad Cackard has had a lot of challenges health-wise going back to the end of his career here in Toronto. He's, he's been a guy who, who has really had a tough couple of years, physically speaking, and he has battled. And uh, it appears he's maybe getting out, you know, getting through the other side. I wish I could personally talk to him again. I saw last time I saw him was last year. Uh, I'm sure it was nice to see him and to know that uh, his, you know, he's winning the battle with his health issues. Yeah, I'll tell you, he, he looks better now than he ever did when he was playing. He's completely rocked up. He's a CrossFit trainer. Um, he does it the right way. He's a very, very highly intelligent guy. And, you know, I think that, you know, God's put him in a situation where he's able to flourish right now and use his talent and abilities doing what he's doing. But uh, if that guy would have stayed healthy, um, he would have been a Hall of Fame running back of his talent. Um, but had he stayed healthy for a five, six-year stretch, I think he could have put up some crazy numbers and you know you saw in the east final in 2012 and in the gray cup in 2012 what he's capable of and uh he had a lot of years left and a lot of tread on the tires at that time and so it would have been fun had he stayed healthy yeah always always a a very nice man uh very approachable uh very soft-spoken and uh one heck of a running back i mean he was so deceptive uh, when he, like you said, in 2012, nobody realized how quick he was. I, I understand running backs have to be fast, but for me, his his trademark was his quickness. Uh, he was a typical ankle breaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a special guy. He he was fun to watch. Definitely, and a great teammate. Well, Trevor Harris, uh, I wish you all the best this year, uh, and, and even against the Argos. Uh, I hope you do really well. You've always been a good friend, and you've always been. Uh, we've had a chance to to communicate while you go through all these changes and and your life progressing. Uh, and if you remember back in Shoeless Joe's back in 2012, I looked at you and said, "You're going to make it." I always liked your your talent, your ability, and having said that. There is a lot of talent and ability out there, but sometimes people need the perseverance to be successful. It just doesn't come easy, does it? No, no. It's uh, like I tell a lot of kids that get frustrated, you know, in their first couple years in the CFL. You've got to, the CFL and pro football in general, most of the time, unless you're a blue chip guy, you've got to play well enough to hang around long enough to get an opportunity. And that's really what it comes down to. Good luck in your future games. I'm looking forward to seeing you here in Toronto, and uh, I might uh, go to Edmonton. I'm not sure yet, but I'm sure with what I do, it will always involve admiring the work that you do. I'm very proud of you, Trevor, and uh, you've done a great job, and I appreciate everything you've done uh, for this program, for myself, and making all the fans in Toronto, Ottawa, and I'm sure already 
in Edmonton, at least early reports from the people I know in Edmonton, you've done a bang-up job. Thank you for that, and thank you for being the great man that you are. Much appreciated, man. I'll be praying for continued health for you. Thank you, sir. Trevor sure, sir. Harris, Edmonton Eskimos. Wow. You know, I mean, there, there, there are times when we all wish and hope that our dreams come true. And, you know, Mike, your dream is to figure out what team you're going to support. So have you drawn a conclusion? Uh, do we know who, who you're going to be throwing your support behind? Is it going to be the horse on the on the hood? You know what, Frank, man, let me tell you. I, I'm really kind of up in the air right now. I got the I got the, the Argos logo in my head. I got the Calgary Stampeders logo on my head. I got the Edmonton Eskimos. I even got the BC Lions sitting on the tip of my brain, too, with that nice burnt orange and black. You understand what I'm saying? You know? So I, 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 I get oh, it. Oh, man, it's hard. It's hard. Listen, it, 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 it makes my life interesting because if there's one thing I can count on when it comes to Mike Townsend, I know he's going to change his loyalties eventually. <laughs> yeah, you know it, Frank. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to ask my, ask my homie K Ward. What should, what should I do? Let her help me out. You know what I'm saying? So, let yeah, her help absolutely. me pick some of these uh, logos out. <laughs> okay, let, let's. You know, this is our first show back in a long time. I, 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 I spent uh, the last three months in and out of the hospital, and it's been an interesting experience. And I just couldn't get behind doing this, not feeling right about it. But now that I'm I'm back and, and I feel that I can do it, I'm really thankful for you to be here as part of it, you know, as part of it. You know, life sometimes we, we look at sports as sort of something that, you know, um, gets us upset or gets us excited or sometimes makes us want to just say, the heck with that. All these different emotions, as far as you're concerned, Tell me what makes being a CFL fan in your mind so much fun and so loyal well, to. Well, Frank, um, like like Trevor uh, stated earlier, you know, you can go to an NFL game. You can't even get 10 yards to Matt Ryan to get a handshake or talk with him or, or a picture. But in the CFL, Frank, you can go up to, to, the, to the CFL players, get a handshake, get some pictures. I mean, heck, some of them give you some gloves and some, some, some cleats with autographs on them. You know what I'm saying? CFL football is like is a family oriented type league where you get a chance to interact with the players. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of spending all your money and you don't interact with the players. I mean, like the great cup couple of years, Frank, we were down in Ottawa and we seen Deontay Spencer walking down the street and he stopped took pictures with us, talked with us. You know what I'm saying? You won't get that in the NFL, bro. You won't get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um my my favorite thing about the Canadian Football League is the fact that I have been given an opportunity to be as involved as I want to be in the Canadian Football League. Um, you know, fan casting, which is something that was you able know, to get all that right there. Back, okay. You know, going back uh, ahead, time that I have doing the fan casting has always been a pleasure. Uh, it's been a godsend. I've really enjoyed it. I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of other, a lot of players and, and a lot of the commissioner, all kinds of people, and they've given me the opportunity to ask them any questions, uh, not holding back anything, and uh, you know ownership and, and such. It, it's been a it's been a real experience for me, and I, I'm really look looking forward to this c- coming season. 
But uh, before we move on to, to this year, free agency, and any other topic that has to do with this upcoming 2019 season, how would you uh, – now that we're, we're, you know, a few months in, we're in, we're in February, crawling up to March, looking back at last season in the framework of looking back at the season and now seeing what's going on with some of these early changes, what are some of the highlights in your mind? As far as upcoming upcoming in February, Frank, some of the good highlights that I've noticed now, man, the the East and West has totally shifted. I think all the power now is going to be in the West. Uh, the East, uh, not so much strong this year, brother. You know what I'm saying? We got all the good elite quarterbacks going to the West. It's going to be a, well, the, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a shootout this year. Well, one thing's for sure. That can't be that cannot be denied. It can't be denied. Because in the West, only Saskatchewan is iffy at quarterback. Only Saskatchewan. And the only reason they're iffy is because the guy that they've decided to, you know, carry the ball for them has been prone to having injuries. And of course I'm referring to Zach Caleros. So you're right. There is no weakness in the in the Western division. In the Eastern Division, okay. you, you, you have – okay, you want you, – go ahead. You talk about the West, and, and I'll stop, and we'll talk about the East next. No, what I, what I was going to iterate was when it comes with the West, you, you're absolutely right. With the um, – Frank, hold on, man. Let me, let me take care of something. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, by the way, folks, if you don't know, uh, Mike is doing business. He's a he's a transport driver, a truck driver, and he calls us a lot of times when he's sitting in a um, a rest stop. Uh, sometimes he's on the road. Always work. Always talking hands free. Trust me. Um, and and it's it, it's a lot of fun having him on. And usually we don't have these kinds of problems, but obviously something really important is taking him away. What I will will I what I will say about the West and, and Mike, thank you. Yes. Thank you for agreeing with me, but it's really, a, it's an easy call that the Western division is far more jacked when it comes to the quarterbacks. But what I will say is this, it also means there's an opportunity for some young quarterbacks to establish themselves and show what they can do. There are quarterbacks in Montreal, one in particular Picton, who, uh, I've already shown us that they have the uh, Pipkin, sorry, uh, Pipkin, Pipkin is in Toronto, who have shown us already some real flashes of some brilliance. And, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell played his first game, had his first season, had his first opportunity to start, as did Mike Riley, as did Trevor Harris, as did Nichols, as did Zach Caleros. So, it's not like it's impossible for the Eastern teams to come up with some quarterbacks, but looking at, looking at uh, Montreal, Pipkin is the guy that I think is going to be the next great quarterback in the Canadian football league. Manziel has uh, really don't want to talk about this too much, but wait until Mike gets back. This is something he wanted to talk on a little bit. He has been released. uh, Okay. Um, so we we're talking about the West. You agree that the West is is jacked when it comes to quarterbacks. In the East, Pipkin to me, I think he's going to be the next great quarterback in the Canadian Football League. He really does have the kind of talent that is perfect 
for the Canadian Football League, Mike. Yes, he does, Frank. And and I do agree with you to some point, but I think uh they wanted Pimpkin to be the quarterback uh when they first, when they brought him back in. You understand what I'm saying? Manziel showed flashes but he, he couldn't grasp the CFL game quite yet. And I think if he would have had a chance this year, would have seen a better Johnny Menzel playing for the Montreal Alouettes. But uh, I think Pimpkin is going to have his struggles, and I think Matthews is going to be the guy, bro. I, I just think Matthews is going to be the guy. You think he's going to be the guy? He's going to be the starter, and he's going to be the the one to turn to. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the one with the most experience. Um, you know, Willie's been turned loose, so he's gone. And I think yep. between those three quarterbacks, that's not a bad threesome. And and then they still got Vernon Adams. So I mean, absolutely. We and and that's and those the jury is still out on Vernon Adams. Yep, and he the, ver, the verdict is still out on Adams to see if he can still play in the CFL because we know he had a rock a, a rock couple of years where you know we were like, wait a minute, man, what is this guy doing? You know what I'm saying? But he showed flashes. So you know the jury is still kind of out on Vernon Adams right now. Uh, don't you think, though, Mike, if one were to speak negatively about Adams and not wanting to speak negatively about anyone, but the reality is uh, that Adams uh, and Manziel, uh, it was oil and water. Not necessarily they personally, but the circumstances that yep. brought these two players, these two quarterbacks together, and how it played out in Montreal was counterproductive to Adams. Uh, you know, he just was, you know, what, what one can hope is that he sorts out the mental issues that he had last year and develop more of a leadership style that, that doesn't allow, you know, for him to implode like he did last year. Do you think he's he's got it to do? He has the ability to not implode, that he can show the kind of maturity that's necessary because quarterbacks – in the Canadian football league, football anywhere. They're the leaders. They're the guys that carry the mail for the teams. I think with Vernon Adams, Frank, I think he just needs a chance to play. And, he you got, know, when it, when it going gets tough. Last year, Mike. He got chances yeah, last year. Yeah, he did. He, he did, and he imploded because he let his emotions get the best of him, especially when they were chanting, we want Johnny, and chanting for other quarterbacks and started booing. He let his emotions get to him. I think he let the fans rattle his head for a bit, and it kind of got to him mentally. You know, go out there, tune him out, even if you're playing bad. Hey, come on, man. Every quarterback doesn't have a great outing every freaking weekend. So you got to tune the fans out, man, go out there and play your game. Because if you don't tune them out, of course you're going to get booed every freaking week, and it's going to get to you. Come on. So we've got Montreal. They have a pretty good triumvirate of quarterbacks. Uh, we know that Mazzoli has uh, a lot of talent. He's an MOP candidate, has the ability to be that MOP. He's done a marvelous job at quarterback for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They're in good hands, right? That's Mike now. I'm here, Frank. I'm going to take care of some business. Okay. <clears throat> Mazzoli. And sorry for all the interruptions, though. Seriously. Uh, no worries. Mazzoli in good hands. Oh heck yeah, Frank Hamilton. I look at I look at I look at Hamilton to take the East, and I'm saying it first, and I'm saying it right now. Hamilton is going to take the East. Now, there's a quarterback that you like, you've always liked, and you've always felt that 
he belongs in Toronto. He is now in Toronto. Brandon Bridge yes, has made his way back yes, back home. Yes, sir. And you know where Frank and when when I talked to Bridge when we was in uh, at the Great Cup in Ottawa, I kept saying, I say, Brandon, I say, come on, man, it'd be it'd be wise if you go home to Toronto. You know, sign with the Toronto Argos. You can learn, and he just sit there and say, "Hey, you, you, we don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen." I was like, "Come on, Brandon, give me something, baby." You know what I'm saying? And he finally made it back to Toronto. And the thing about it is, um, if Ricky Ray doesn't come back, Toronto is going to have to find that veteran uh, to be that third stringer. You know what I'm saying? A la if it's Kevin Glenn or if Oops. it's whoever, but I say Kevin Glenn. You know. They need that Mari veteran to back up these young guys. I mean, because Franklin and um, and and Brandon Bridge is fairly young, so and they they least they both have least experience than what Kevin Glenn has. So they're gonna need that Wiley veteran to learn from. I mean, and Bridge Absolutely. has had Kevin Glenn in in Saskatchewan and in Montreal, so you know. And last year was his worst year, and Kevin Glenn wasn't beside him. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And if you think about it, Frank, I think about uh, not this past year, but last year when Glenn was in Saskatchewan, when Chris Jones was rotating Glenn and Bridge, South football. Lights out football. Yes, he was. And and it seemed like last year, rightly or wrongly, they didn't didn't seem – I I just don't know. They they didn't seem to have – I don't know why he regressed. You mentioned he regressed. Why do you think it was that he regressed? Is it is it because he felt like there was a ceiling above him, or was it his ability? Was it, you know, uh, not a sophomore jinx because he's passed beyond being a sophomore? What halted his progress, in your opinion? I think what they did, Frank, was they made the playbook more for the way Zach Caleros plays instead of the way Brandon Bridge plays. Because if you think about it, the playbook that Kevin Glenn and, and Brandon Bridge had, it benefited them. That's when you're seeing Brandon Bridge have the most success in that playbook that they ran for them to. You know, when you bring a new quarterback in, you got to change that playbook all around. That's going to fit that guy's uh, style of play. And that style of play that Caleros had didn't fit Brandon Bridge. So, of course, he's regressing. You know, Bridge played on the fly a lot. You know, you don't see nobody open, tuck it and run. You know, they were trying to make him do things that he wasn't comfortable with. I mean, stand in the pocket, uh, don't run, man, bump all that. You know, he played on the fly, and that's what made him successful. And it and it drove Chris Jones crazy to see, to see him play on the fly like that. It, it worked for him. I think uh, as far as Brandon Bridge is concerned, I just don't think there was a good connection between he and Chris Jones. And I think that connection, um, I don't know, I, I think I think the way he was used and the way he was yanked in and out of the, you know, uh, out, of, out, of, out of the pocket, uh, out from under center, I think it affected him adversely. I, I think it's time for someone to show some kind of commitment to Brandon Bridge. That's not to suggest that Franklin should sit on the sidelines, but, but I think there needs to be, and, and I and I think you'll agree with me, I think we've had this conversation and share it with the listeners, he needs his confidence built up. He needs a couple more pats in the back. It seems to me he, he's been kicked down the road too often and not 
you know, invited to walk alongside the team. Uh, I, I got the feeling last year that he looked like an outsider, you know, and, and, and hopefully when the Argos bring him in to training camp, they start to make him feel like an insider. I think that'll go a long way, Mike. Yeah, that that would go a long way, Frank. You know, he, he felt like an outsider. And I, like you said, him and Chris Jones didn't have that good rapport, you know. Chris, it drove Chris Jones crazy, Brandon Bruce played. But at the same time, don't fix it. That's the way the guy plays, and he's putting points on the board. He's giving you yardage for downs. I mean, hey, you can't get too mad at that. That's the way I take it, Frank. Well, what, what I'm what – I'm, uh, happy for what 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 I am hopeful for when it comes to the Argos is that they've got two quarterbacks that in a lot of ways are very similar, good feet, deep threat, and pretty intelligent given the opportunity. Oh yeah, they 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 play kind of similar, you know, and 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 you hit the nail on the head, Frank. Uh, the feet. And they both have strong arms that can get the ball down the field at any given time. Any, any given time. So Darrell uh, Walker, paging yes, Darrell Walker, paging Darrell yes, Walker. Mm-hmm. They've got a deep threat. I'm dying to see what Franklin yeah. does with the threat. And Franklin mm-hmm. knows. Oh yeah. Walker. Yep. So the Argos uh, may or may not, again, this is uh, an opportunity for someone to grab the bull by the horns. Uh, We haven't mentioned Ricky Ray. Um, I think we both agree that Ricky Ray, whether he's here or not, is is not going to change the plans that the Toronto Argonauts have. And uh, we might actually see uh, Ricky Ray change locations. There are opportunities in, in cities where, you know, if he wants to stay here to be a tutor, you know full well the Argos are going to take that. They no organization will turn down Ricky to be a, a, a coach backup. I don't think so. Anyway, how about you? Nah, I, I don't think they. I don't think they will either, Frank. I don't think they're they're turning down easily. But if Frank, if 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 Ricky Ray don't retire, he's going to find another zip code. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Um, yep. It'll be time Edmonton. to move on. And, and Toronto, yeah, Edmonton, he better retire in Edmonton. Toronto is not going to sit here and waste their time trying to uh, wait to see what he's going to do. It, it's not going to happen. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. Uh-uh. No way. So you figure they turned the page on Ricky Ray? Page on him, Frank. Because for one, don't, don't sit here and hold out and wait and tell the team what they're going to do right before training camp or when they get to sign these quarterbacks because they could have had the money to go – try to sign a big-time guy waiting on what you do. You understand what I'm saying? It all depends on what you do. And a lot of teams don't got time for that. Well, Ricky hasn't been approved. You know, he hasn't gotten permission to, to you know, to go back and play. So, you know, the decision is not all his. Uh, it's a physical thing. I know that uh, not only the Argonaut organization, but the Argo fans would welcome Ricky Ray back with open arms. There's nothing better than having Ricky Ray in that locker room and or part of the game film experience. And uh, two young quarterbacks like those two um, could really use the kind of experience and knowledge that a Ricky Ray would bring. 
if not, and the, the Argos move on and Ricky Ray isn't a part of their future, he sure would fit there in Edmonton with Jason Moss, somebody he knows really well <laughs> and was a quarterback oh. with. And, of course, Trevor Harris, the quarterback there that we just talked to. Oh, yeah, Frank. You know, um, but, again, with Toronto, Toronto needs that veteran. They need to. And if Ricky Ray doesn't resign, um, I can see him going to Edmonton, backing up Trevor Harris and whoever the other guy is over there, third-string quarterback, I mean, second-string quarterback. Um, but uh, it, it's going to come down to what Ray does, and hopefully he gets – uh, medical clearance to to continue his career. If not, I mean, hey, he won a great cup, Frank. Two, two great cups, matter of fact. So, I mean, the writing is on the wall for Ricky Ray. He's already a Hall of Famer. There's not really much that he can do anymore anyway. Let's talk about defenses. Or we could talk about receivers. We just talked about quarterbacks. Your call. You want to talk about defenses or, or receivers? Uh, hmm talk about defense. I mean, yeah, let's talk about defense because you guys, the Arcos just brought back the Eliminator. <laughs> yep. Good signing. Antigua as well. Good signing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and um, that, that's what you guys needed. I was kind of mad that they traded him off last year, uh, but you know, he got love for the double blue. He came back. Yeah, I, I wondered about that trade, and 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 now that uh, Chamberlain is back, Chamberlain is back. I, I think we we we've got a team in Toronto that maybe their defense will become uh, a more competitive group as opposed to the way they were last year, more like they were the year before when they won the Grey Cup. So I think their defense is going to be one of the better defenses in the league, Mike. Oh, yeah, I, I think so, too, Frank. It, it's not like that I did not have a good defense, but it's going to be more stallion than what it was and more smothering, if you understand what I'm saying. So, um, y'all, y'all, y'all did some good signings. And another guy that wants to come back to the CFL, I don't know if you read this, Victor Butler wants to come back to the CFL. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I knew you were going to say know, that. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody's going to pay him enough money. I mean, you know, look, people say things, get on a roll, and 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 you got to be able to say, you know what? Let's see if he learned his lesson. What he did and what he said was very insulting and and hurtful because, you know, not and, and not about the team, the organization. Let, let's let's be clear here. Even though maybe what was said was true, you know, that the Argo, bottom line, that the Argo organization was run on a shoestring, from his perspective, it's still not something you say, and I say it for this reason, for the, for the basic reason that you show respect for the fans, because these are the people that are paying for the game. And, and don't tell us that what we're paying for is garbage or mediocre or low low end i don't want to hear you tell me that when you're collecting a salary when you're getting paid if you don't like how much you're getting paid you don't have to be here so that's all i'm going to say on that one maybe he made a mistake maybe he takes it back we'll see how the rest of the league goes i'm not sure i'm not sure that pop is is going to be you know really happy with him coming back 
Uh, but then again, you know, if he's making noises coming back, you know why he wants to come back. That's because Chamberlain's come back. Mm-hmm. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, I think he got signed by Montreal. Did he? Yeah, I think what? it was Montreal that signed him. All right. I think it was, Mo- well, I think it was Montreal, yeah. Well, Toronto's going to have a good defense. I think the East really does, I, I, for various reasons, but the primary reason that the, that the defenses in the East need to be good because their, their offenses are going to be questionable. You know, mm-hmm. Montreal, you just talked about, okay, Victor Butler signs with Montreal. Victor, Montreal is going to need a, a really good defense, which they had last year. In my opinion, they had one of the best defenses in the league last year. Can they repeat that this year? I think it's going to be important to them because the better the defense, the less pressures there's going to be on the young quarterback, whoever it happens to be under center in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the thing about it is, Frank, uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure on the Alouettes because they're, they're going to have the media out there on them again, life without Johnny Menzel, yada, yada, yada. What quarterbacks are going to lead the team now, yada, yada, yada. Regardless, they're still going to be in the media. And they're going to be focused on that whole Montreal team this year. So you've got the defense in Montreal. Hamilton has made some real headway on defense. They, yes, they we know did. that they've had, a, they've had a, a great offense over the past few years. But they also are working on – they're going to have a pretty good defense as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I can't remember some of the guys that they that they signed, but I know. Uh, oh my God, man! It's it been so long, Frank, since we didn't talk CFL. The things that I had. Justin Tuggle, former yeah, Argo, Justin, Justin Tuggle. Tuggle's one. Mm-hmm. It was one of the ones that that they signed, and um, they they brought back uh, uh, Devin Bros, former New Orleans Saints, former Hamilton Ticat. They brought him back, and. Um, which which was good, and then they re-signed um, Speedy B, which what they they needed that too. So they brought most of their guys back with a couple of additions, which was cool. They brought in. <laughs> you want to talk about an addition, a good addition, Cameron Marshall. Oh yeah. Mhm. So you know they're they're boosting up that defensive line and that defensive front and that defensive backfield because they know they had they they had all all chances of being in a great cup last year. But they couldn't get it done. They know they did it. So. Rico Murray's back in Hamilton after a trip in Toronto, then Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they've made some moves, some uh, pretty good players going on there. They've re-signed a lot of important players on their lineup. So we've got Hamilton with a with probably one of the stronger offenses in the Eastern Division, and a defense that's going to almost match that. And then we've got Ottawa. Now that now that they are, you know, quarterback that I have a lot of faith in, they've signed. And I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward. Hmm? I, I just laugh, Frank. You you I, you made me laugh when you said that. You know I don't laugh at you that much. But I find that real okay. funny. You told a joke there. Did I? Yes, you did. And do you want to go at this first, or shall I? Well, I, I was referring to Cody Fajardo, but go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's what it, I was it, referring to. That, that's what you, I thought you were referring to the other guy with the two same initials. 
<laughs> JJ. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> nah, Frank. <laughs> this ain't this this ain't even right, bro. This is not right at all. I I would have been better off if Ottawa would have signed Brandon Bridge and made him a starter. That would have been much better. Jonathan Jennings is going to flounder about the third game, and it's going to be and it's going to be Don Davis's team eventually. It should have been his time yeah. now, but I, I don't know, man. I, I questioned this signing. This one, this where I was like, "Wow, Ottawa, what are you doing? Come on!" Well, I I gotta tell you though, but, I, I, but Mike, don't underestimate Cody Fajardo. No, I like Cody Fajardo. I, I, I think I think he he's a guy that, given the right opportunity, the right circumstances, he could be a starter. He's just a guy who had a lot of tough breaks. But I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, you know, Jonathan Jennings has a lot to prove. A lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And it's only it's only a one year deal, Frank. So it's not like they really gave him a lot, you know. So we just have to see what happens. But I, I think he's well, like, going to struggle early, and it's going to, and, and they're going to have to turn to Dominic Davis. And I think they should have turned to him early, turned to him when Trevor Harris left, get his guy a chance to see what he can do. Point blank. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, th- there is there is uh, an importance there in Ottawa that their defense be really good. They've had great defenses in the past. Can their offense, that was run by Harris. Can it run through the newest, whoever ends up being the starter, minus a guy like Ellingson, who, as a, a former Ottawa Red Black fan, this guy was the guy who made all the key receptions, and now his show's moved over to Edmonton. Oh, Frank. And, and the thing about it is, besides Ellingson, one of the key pieces to that offensive line has left, Sir Venture Rogers. He left him with the Edmonton. So, not only did you lose Harris, Ellingson, and Rodgers, Deontay Spencer, you got to you got to replace these guys. Now you know offense, good offensive linemen, Frank, are hard to come by. You can get good offensive linemen, but having a great offensive lineman to block your quarterback is hard to come by. And this is where and, and, I'm, this is where you're gonna see the struggles. And in the context of the reason we're talking about these offenses, we're kind of jumping around, but we're talking about defenses. And the the whole point of discussing the offense for Ottawa is that their offense is not going to carry the day. I don't think right away, at least anyway, it's going to have to find a rhythm. It's going to have to find their way and their, and, 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 you know, their identity, whatever it happens to be. And the consistency that players develop through time, it's not something that just two games in the exhibition causes you to be a great offense. So they're going to need a lot of help from the defense this year, which is, again, why I'm saying that in the Eastern Division, it's going to be about defenses in the Eastern Division. Uh, They're going to have to hold back the advantages uh, the other team like Hamilton have as far as a great quarterback is concerned. Uh, it's going to be a tough season if you don't have a great defense in the East, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Frank, you're right. And, and and you know what? One guy that I thought was going to play for one more season, I thought I would love to see him play for one more season and go back to Ottawa was Deuce, Deuce Johnson. I would love to see him go back to Ottawa one more season, man, just to help that young that young defensive core out because they're going to need some help. They need some a defensive leader on that side of the ball. He could, he could still go there. He hasn't retired. He's just coaching 
the coaching that he's doing is just temporary. It's not a permanent thing. So he yeah, can, I, I don't, I don't think he's officially this. retired. Okay. Yeah, I'd like I, to see I him go back out. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. Um, so defense yeah, in the West is a different story. You know, the the riches that they have at quarterback, the defenses are going to have to be important because of the competition level in you know the Western Division. We saw a BC Lion defense that was the best in the. I think they were the best in the league. Of course, it's hard to say when Calgary's in the league, um, but you know. Calgary was as great as they always were, right? But the surprise was BC defensively, and 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 they caught my eye last year. They did them. If they do that again this year, with Riley at the controls of their offense, Mike, that defense could put them over the top. Well, well Frank, I'm not going to go that far. Um, they even though, and and you and I had this discussion off the air, and um. And, and, and since we on since we on the radio show and we keep it family oriented, I I say that the defense is going to be okay, but at the same time, Frank, as long as uh, BLM is still in 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 Calgary, <laughs> they always going to play little sister. So I'm not. Yeah, well, I'm not. I, I, so <laughs> I'm not. So you, I'm not you, confident. You, I don't have no confidence in these teams well, okay. in the east, in the west. I'm sorry. Let's 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 call it straight here. Let's call it straight here. Let let let's say what we see. You know, this isn't what we mm-hmm. want. This isn't what we want to feel. This is saying what we see. And here's what I see. And you can speak for yourself. Here's what I see. The Edmonton Eskimos did not make the playoffs with Mike Riley at the controls. An MOP, not only candidate, but an MOP as well. And he could not bring that team to the playoffs. I'm not sure that Mike Riley is a, is a lock for being successful. Something was missing in his game in Edmonton. Was it Edmonton? Was it Jason Moss? Was it the receivers? Was it the game plan? He's got something to prove this year too, Mike, in, in BC to take your comment and and frame it in my words. Yeah, he has a lot to prove, Frank. I'm not saying that Mike Riley and the BC Lions are not going to be successful. No, is it going to be a step up from the quarterback position that they have had in the last three years? Of course. I mean, that's where Mike Riley got his start at when he came from Green Bay in, in BC. A lot of people don't know that. You know, he rode he rode the uh, he was the second stringer and he got traded. Him and uh, Matt Nichols. So um this is an upgrade from the quarterback position that they had. And they signed a lot of good receivers. Um they got uh the guy from Calgary to be a receiver. Um I can't think of that guy's name. Oh my god, whatever his name is, it'll come to me. But they this is a step up and they still got the Manny show out there. So this is gonna be a good offense, but they still have to get past uh, now the Edmonton Eskimos with, with Trevor Harris. We don't know what that team is going to be like, even though they lost the real Walker. They still got some good receivers out there that is capable to put them over the top also. So the BC Lions are going to have guy, a fight. I think, the guy, I think the guy you're thinking of is Lamar Durant, but that's... Lamar Durant. Yep, that's him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, BC Lions going to still have a dogfight in the West. 
And is it, like everybody said, I got this bromance for Bo Levi Mitchell. It is what it is, man. The dude is the best quarterback in the league. And until y'all can dethrone the Calgary Stampeders, y'all going to be little sister to the Calgary Stampeders. I don't care what team it is in the West. Hands down. You heard it first. A former guest of the show, has Alex Piershalski, has retired. Give you an idea of some of the guys that you won't be seeing uh, this this year. Some of the name guys that you might recognize. Uh, Victor Butler says here that he retired. So oh, he retired. Know, can, he come out of, can he come out of retirement? Uh, who else? Let's see here. Kendall Hunter. Many of you may not know who that is. Um, Winston Venable retired. Yep. Sure did. Jeff Hughes retired in Saskatchewan. Well, Darian Durant retired last year. Uh, he was still on yeah. their he was still on the, the Winnipeg list. Bryant Turner retired. Mark Olivier Yep. Retired. Mm-hmm. Drew Tate retired. Oh yeah. Drew Tate retired last year. Daniel Federkeel, he retired. Nick Lewis retired. Oh, Nick. John Chick retired. Uh-huh. J.C. Sher retired. Anthony Jackson with Edmonton. Uh-huh. Andrew Jones. Rory Collert, great player for many years. Yes, sir. Well, we know from last year, Marco Iannuzzi retired. So, you know, the, uh-huh. the retire- retirements uh, are part of the program. The the key the JC Sher JC Sher retired too uh, Frank that's right right Sher yep. um we we talked a little bit about about receivers but this year man have the receivers moved around I talked about Darrell Walker coming to Toronto um, the Manny Show is moving oh where's the Manny Show moving to He's on, he's BC's thinking of trading him, but I thought he I thought he 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 went to Saskatchewan. I, I seem to think that he went to Saskatchewan, but but then I also hear that he didn't go to Saskatchewan. So I'm kind of confused, and I'm going to look here and see uh, on on the list of of free agents. I I, I could have swore I, I saw that he was going he was going to um, he was going to to Saskatchewan, and I'm looking here. I don't even see him on the. He's not even on the BC list, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. But you, you know what? Um, there he is. There he is. Signed with Saskatchewan. He did ah. sign with Saskatchewan. It's not my imagination. Oh, the Maddie Show. Okay. They're trying to get Zach Calera some sure-handed receivers. Well, if you want a sure-handed receiver, there it is right there, baby. There's a change going in BC. It's it's a whole different uh, it's a whole different frame of mind out there now. Yeah, totally different. You know, you remember they got they got Deron Carter. They got him too. Mm-hmm. I want to see how that works out. That should we'll we'll find that we'll find out. I mean. He's a he's a guy that would fit the BC mentality out there. They're a real fun group of guys. They've got a great yeah. uh, 
you know, they're a loose team. They're a loose team, and then, you know, Devon Claybrooks is not going to be buying all that bull crap that a lot of coaches deal with with Deron Carter anyway. He's got a non-tolerant frame of mind when it comes to coaching. I mean, look how disciplined his defense was. You understand what I'm saying? So, uh, is Carter going to yeah, be a defender, was, or is he going to be a receiver? Uh, you know what, Frank? That's – ooh. I think they're gonna put him where he best fit in at. Just put him on, put him out there, and let's put him on the field. You can put him on the defensive side of the ball against certain receivers. Do you really want to certain do receivers. that? I think his, I think he's a receiver. That's what he is, and and I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know why, and I don't have an explanation, and I have no, you know, no reason to tell you, you know, what's up, except to say, you know, we have. We have to give him a chance to see what he can do. I don't think he was given a fair chance here in Toronto. I believe there was a difference of opinion between Pop and the former coach who didn't want to play him, and uh, it showed. So we'll see what happens if he ends up with a team that actually wants to use him. And we, we talked about quarterbacks needing to be, you know, plans need to be made that work for them. And, and I think the same is true for a receiver. Uh, he has to be, he has to be engaged. He has to feel like he's part of the offense. And sometimes receivers are a little too touchy about not getting enough touches, not, not, not getting enough targets, Mike. And, and that's always an issue with receivers. And, and, you know, the reason that the last comment that, that Carter made in, in Saskatchewan before they let him go was his complaint about him and Navon Roosevelt not getting enough targets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what he'll have to overcome. Somehow he has to overcome that kind of stuff uh, to become a, a better, a better quarterback. Uh, sorry, better receiver uh, so that he can, you know, make a quarterback better. Uh, does Mike does Mike Riley need to be a better quarterback this year? I think so. I really do because, you know, I know Edmonton had a lot of injuries, but they also had a lot of good receivers, and it, and it didn't seem oh, yeah. to work out for them there. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, Mike Riley has something to prove, maybe because he wasn't happy in Edmonton, but he had too much class to complain or to say stuff. But he did not look like the Mike Riley that we're accustomed to that I'm sure most football fans hope they'll see again in BC. Yeah, Frank, if he, if he was, if he wasn't unhappy, he didn't complain about it. Now, and, and, you know, Mike Riley never complained. You never even see him get really emotional. He just go out there and do his job and it's, it's punch the clock and go home, as they always say. So, uh, you know, that's a good class act if you ask me. Not to complain and not to be and grind over spilled milk all the dang one time, you know. But I think coming out of Edmonton, it was time for a change of city for Mike Riley. I think he wants to go back toward the West. That way he could be further at home, near his home, his home in Washington State. So uh, I think it's a good fit. How does Travis Lee, in your mind, fit into this whole situation? Uh, good backup. You know what I'm saying? Travis is going to be Travis. If they need him, he's going to be there. Uh, he should be 100% healthy. And uh, hopefully uh, he can come in and contribute. 
whether it's on goal line situations or or the second and ones. I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, you know how they do uh, the receivers there. Uh, I mean, Shaq Hill is a guy that I liked at the end of last year. I mean, we talked about Lamar Durant, a great Canadian guy. Um, Shaq Johnson. Yeah, I, I think I think they're I think they're in good shape as far as. Uh, the receiving core in BC is concerned. Where where I am where I am concerned about receivers, and I shouldn't be, and and I'm sure you'll correct me. Uh, what about Calgary? You know, they they've gone through through some changes, Mike. And and as a, you know, as a Grey Cup champ, the contracts get a little blown over, blown up a little bit in the off season. Do you see? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen historically, it, it it's just plug and play for them. That they, they get players, and and all of a sudden, uh, they all look great. Oh yeah, Frank. Uh, I, I think we, as far as Calgary Sears go, um, they're pretty good. I mean, they're going. They go. They still got uh, Chris Matthews, which emerged at the short time that he was at Calgary to be one of the top go-to guys for both And they still got a – well, they lost Mark and Michelle. So he's gone. And uh, they're plug and play guys, Frank. They, they, I'm not worried about Calgary. Not at all. Not at all. But you're saying that because of BLM. You know, I mean, he has helped make receivers look really good. He has coached them up as much as he has thrown to them. He's a great quarterback and a great football mind. I'm, I'm sure people underestimate how intelligent and, and how, how much of a leader BLM is. You know, we get caught up in his personality. People get caught up in his personality and don't really see, you know, what he's all about because they're not nah, in they, the huddle with him. No, nah, they don't, Frank. And you know what? And I don't, I don't say that the receivers are good because of Bo Levi Mitchell. It's staff that can go up and scout these guys that they bring in to good in their offense. Then having a quarterback like Bo Levi Mitchell makes it even better for these dudes. You know what I'm saying? Makes it even better for them. So you, you figure it's more because an Eric Rogers comes by and, it, and because he's a great receiver to begin with, playing with a great quarterback makes it a great combination, a great tandem. Yes. Heck, Frank, you can put me on the team right now and believe I mentioned, man, we look good. <laughs> Just give me a five and out and throw me the ball. I'll run to the sidelines to keep from getting hit. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. Now, but, I don't think I, 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 I don't think I could make it to the I, – I don't think I could make it three yards downfield fast enough. Hey, Frank, just dab for the first down, baby. You're going to make it. <laughs> just dab for it. But, no way, you know, no having way. a guy like – Having well, a guy I, like Bully Levi Mitchell makes the guys better, Frank. And uh, the coaching staff and the scouts, they, they go deep and they go beyond to look for these good receivers that can fit in their chemistry. And, and it shows over the years. Because uh, we talked about Chris Matthews before the beginning of the season. And last year, we kept saying, I, you know me, I was saying, hey, 
I would need to go out there and sign this guy. You know, he's not playing the NFL no more. Ottawa would need to sign him. He looked good in the red black uniform. And then he caught on with the NFL team. And then when he got released from Baltimore, bang, where he ended up, right in Calgary. And became Bowling Glove Mitchell's favorite target. He's, he's, not, he's not with Calgary right now. He hasn't re-signed with them. Oh, he'll be back. So he might not come. Don't you worry. But still, but still, in defense of what you said, Reggie Begleton, Juwan Breskison, um, and Eric Rogers. Eric Rogers. That's and Kamar Jordan. Mustn't Kamar forget Jordan. Kamar Jordan yep. either. Uh, those are a couple of good receivers who've done some great work. I, I don't think I don't think Calgary has anything to worry about as far as you know their offense is concerned. Um, and, and as far as receiving is concerned, we, we both agree. Simply put, any team that has Bolivar Mitchell under center is going to have is going to have some good games, receiving wise. Oh yeah, and you know what, Frank? Uh, I'm looking to, if Kamar Jordan can come back healthy. I'm looking to see him come out there and be the lead receiver in the league. He, that guy had an explosive year last year before he got hurt. Absolutely. Moving over mm-hmm. uh, north to Edmonton, uh, they've got Ricky Collins Jr. Yep. Devaris Daniels, Greg Ellingson, Kevin Elliott, good Anthony Parker, Kenny Shaw, Trevon Smith, Kenny Stafford. I mean, a lot of candidates there for Harris to throw to. That way. Oh yeah, and it's one big name that you mentioned that I that I always like since his Montreal days. You know who that is, Frank? Kenny Stafford. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, do they still, that would be Carter's. Do they cousin. still got a cousin? Do they still have um oh my gosh, man, one of the guys that was in Toronto with the uh with Kevin one of the big three. You not Kevin, Kevin Elliott, Elliott, but it's the other guy, the other one. Oh, uh, oh uh, 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 oh my God! What's that guy's name, Frank? Well, he's not—he's not in the lineup, and I know who you mean. And I'm feeling kind mm-hmm. of silly. I'm hoping to. Oh, I can't. I oh can't my God! And, and the name—the name is going to come up, come to me as soon as the show is over with. That—that uh, that sounds about right. Gracious. Oh my God! Uh, but Dale Hazelton. Yeah, Vidal Hazelton. Yep. You know, he's not even on there. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he he hasn't been designated in any fashion as yet. He hasn't been released. He hasn't been signed. Uh he's just a free agent that can land anywhere. So yeah, they've got they've got quite a few they've got uh, quite a few guys that uh could make an impact. I I like what Trevor Harris has to throw to. I really do. I really like what he has to throw to. He's got some great options. Oh, yeah. Very great options, Frank. Very great options. And uh, like I said earlier, the, the West is going to be in the, some dogfight. I mean, we're going to see a lot of – we'll probably possibly see a lot of three or four hundred-yard passing games by these quarterbacks. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Moving over to Saskatchewan. I'm looking. I'm looking at at guys like KD Cannon. I'm I'm dying to see. He's a young guy that I'm dying to see how things work for him. And of course, then you've got. We talked about Emmanuel Arsenal going there um, to help 
coaching wise. I, I, I'm, you know, Naman Roosevelt, Shaq Evans. I get it. You know, they they've got some great uh, they've got some great receivers, but I, again, it, it all comes down to whether Zach Caleros can stay healthy, and you know, the, I, I mean, Naman Roosevelt. Uh, he had a for him what I think was a, uh, not as good a year as you might have expected from Namond Roosevelt. This season at all, Frank, and I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for him to bounce back and have a stellar season, but it, it all depends on their quarterback. And 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 unfortunately, that's just the way it is in the Canadian Football League. Uh, and and we've learned because of last year, we've learned that just because you have the best quarterback in the league doesn't give you any guarantees either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But at the, at the same time, Frank, if we if we look at Saskatchewan's team right now, uh, you probably can put it up because I can't do it right now. Besides Zach Calero, who else do they have as their quarterback desk on their team? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to have to get somebody if they didn't sign somebody to come in and be that. Ah, if, if Zach get hurt in the first game, who we David, got to come in and pick David, up the flag? As they said, David Watford. And they got Cody Fajardo right. here in Saskatchewan, but he and Zach Caleros. Ah, you know? okay. Right. But David Watford's a guy that yeah. that. They thought pretty highly of. Okay, that's good. To that's answer good. your question, <laughs> real good. Right, and David Warford showed some signs last year. So, um, yeah, that'd that'd be good. That'd be good. I think they still need to bring in a Wiley veteran. And you know, Cody Cody Fajardo, uh, whatever I pronounce last name, Fajardo. I think he'd be good, man. You give him give him a chance. Absolutely, absolutely. I liked him in Toronto. I liked him when he was in Toronto. So did I. Moving on to Winnipeg, any receiving core that has Darvin Adams is going to be pretty good. <laughs> right. I'll right. start there. Weston Dressler. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dressler retired. Who retired? I think Dressler retired, Mike. Wow, Frank. Seriously. Pretty sure. He did retire, huh? Ah, okay. I like Kenny Lawler. He works for me. Mm-hmm. And Rashawn Simonais. Yep. A good Canadian, Drew Wolitowski. Their receiving core is going to be okay, but we still, you know, it's early in the season. All the free agents haven't been signed, and and the great news about the Canadian Football League, as always, it's not about the guys you know. It's about the guys you don't know. If Calgary hasn't taught us that, nothing will, Mike. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, Frank, the uh, free agent signing period hasn't been over with yet. So uh, we're still going to have some people that's going to get signed. Are we going to be like, hey, this is who they picked them? Oh, wait, wait a minute. You know, guys like Chris Matthews still out there. We don't know where he's going to end up. Don't know yet. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Moving over to Hamilton, Luke Tasker, Jalen Saunders, Rashad Lawrence, Brandon Banks, Shimon Chambers. They had the makings of a pretty good receiving core in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, especially Jalen Sanders, Frank. I, I, I want this guy to come back because he was having a monster year before he got hurt. It's true. He was having a monster year. And then when you have Luke Tasker, cool hand Luke, come on, man. You, you know, come on. Luke Tasker had a great season. And, you know, I, I believe if their receiving court would have been the way it was before everybody started getting hurt, uh, you know, I'm not going to say they would have went to the Great Cup, but they had been gone. They would have went further. They probably would have went to the Great Cup, especially with somebody like Jalen Sanders playing. And, you know, um, did our guy come back, Market McDaniel? Did they resign him? Not yet. Moving on to the Argos, Darrell Walker. Rodney Smith, they hope a lot for, but he never panned out to the extent that people hoped he would. Mm-hmm. S.J. Green, Armanti Edwards, Mario Alford. Hmm. The Argos got to have a pretty good receiving core. The question is going to be whether whether that receiving core takes uh, advantage of the arm strength that will be there at quarterback. <laughs> well, having a guy like S.J. Green to throw to, <laughs> hey, man, I like them chances. <laughs> Bottom line. And Imani Edwards had a good season, too, last year, Frank. So That's you can't, right. I can't count him out. He had a very good season. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then moving on to the rough, uh, the Red Blacks, wanted to call them the Rough Riders, Taj Williams, Brad Sinopoli is still there. Dominique Rimes, still there. Ryan Langford still there. And Caleb Hawley moved into Ottawa from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. R.J. Yep. Harris. I, I, I think, Nate Frank, um, we have to know Deontay Spencer. Because we know he was their go-to guy down the stretch when he needed a big play. And Greg Ellison. Uh, Sinopoli, he's going to be Brad Sinopoli. You're going to go to him when you need that first down. But I think the rest of these guys, R.J. Harris, and especially Holly, they're going to have to step up. They're going to step up big. Absolutely. But, you know, it's going to be interesting how the quarterback, they, this is the first year that, that they're going to have a non-elite quarterback, non-established elite quarterback in Ottawa for the first time. You know, they even let go of Glenn. Remember, they signed him. He was going to be their first quarterback. They've been very – Ottawa has been very fortunate at quarterback. We're going to find out what their coaches are made of and how good a decision they've made with J.J. Well, maybe Harry Burson come out of (laughs) here. Maybe. Come on, on, Smiley Hank. You still got one more year left. Come on, baby. Come on out of retirement. I I think he's fine where he is. You're gonna have a hard time convincing him to get a get away from that microphone. Right. <laughs> Real hard. Time. But you know, 
Yeah, and, and, and as far as the Ottawa Red Blacks go, Frank, you know, they lost a lot of key players. And like I said, Kevin Howey, uh, RJ here, they got to step up. But it's one person that I did not mention that was a real key loss to the Red Blacks, and he's in Saskatchewan right now. Ah, my guy, William Powell. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that running game, they're, they're going to have to step it up. I'm going to have to look at their depth, try to see where they got his running backs right now, who's their running backs that committed they have on this team. Now, are you talking about Ottawa? Yes. Well, let me help you out with that. Thank you. Be glad to. See, fullback, Anthony Gosselin, Brendan Galanders will still be there, Dakota Bush, Christophe Boileau, and running back, Greg Morris, Mercury Morris's son, Divine yep. Reddy. They, and they got Moses Madu still. Oh, yeah, I like him. But they are a team that I, I really think they're going to have some work to do during the season. They're, they're, they're not going to be who they are game one when they get to game 12 or 14. There's going to be a lot of change in Ottawa, and it's going to be brought on by the quarterbacks and the kind of success they have. Oh, yeah, I, I think so, too. And, That'll and accelerate change. One thing you just – that you pointed on, and, and I do agree with you 100%, and I'm pretty sure all the uh, Ottawa Redback fans that's listening can agree, we're really about to see what the coaching staff is made of. We're really about to see how good they are with all the key losses. Well, I mean, when you have quarterbacks that are elite quarterbacks, uh, offensively, you know, get yourself a couple of good receivers. You know, you've got Ellingson was there with, with, with you know, uh, came came to Ottawa, you know, along with the old guy that retired and stuck around for Harris and now has followed Harris to Edmonton. But they, they should be – it'll be interesting. The Eastern Division will be interesting. By your definition, we're going to have another year where as many Western teams, four of them are going to make the playoffs – Two in the East. Mm-hmm. Yep. And right now, and there's no doubt about it. Now, it, it can only get better for the East because right now it is they're in the doldrums right now. Oh, Looking yeah. at the quarterbacks, really you're asking about Montreal. Here are their quarterbacks: Vernon Adams, Jeff Matthews, Antonio Pipkin, Hugo Richard, Matthew Schiltz, and uh, those guys will be thrown to some pretty good receivers. We. Uh, you know, Devere Posey has moved on to Montreal. Sir. Eugene Lewis is still with them. I love him. Oh, Love yeah. what he does. Love what he does. Can Ernest Jackson, you know, bring back the greatness that he developed? Another guy that doesn't get enough credit is B.J. Cunningham. Thank you, Frank. You you hit the nail on the head. One of my favorite receivers, and he also played for Michigan State. And uh, he doesn't get the credit he he deserves. He's a big time playmaker, point blank. And and so, I guess what you can say is that you know all these teams right now, all they've established is who they might 
or might not have. We can go by what players did from last year that we know. But one thing's for sure. With the carousel of the quarterbacks, the receivers and how they relate to the quarterback is important. I really think one of the big problems that, you know, that, that we talk about, and I know maybe we're saying it too often as far as Bo Levi Mitchell is concerned. He does his part to make receivers great. I'm, I'm striking a compromise with you. But it helps to have talented receivers. Yes, it does. It does. And, you know, and, and the thing about it is they complement each other. You know, having good receivers and a great quarterback, I mean, that makes you great. I mean, that's why some of these receivers that that played with Calgary last couple of years are going out getting these nice deals. They play with Bo Levi Mitchell. And to be honest with you, Frank, you, you're going to see what Lamar Durant is made of going over here to BC. You, you, we're going to see what a lot of these guys are made of once they leave Calgary. See if they're that big time player that they were when they when they um, were playing with Calgary, playing with BLM. We're about to really see. About to really you see. Know, you're 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 right, and 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 but you know the other thing is is that it's an opportunity for these guys. You know, Mike, they're, mm-hmm. they're getting an opportunity to be. The guy, you know, you, you don't get that very often. You know, being the guy is something that is reserved for people for whatever reason that have a reputation or whatever, and then they get that kind of that kind of stuff, right? And it's right. important that 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 you know these guys to these guys to prove that they can do it themselves. I'm not saying that the Calgary team was hoping that Bo Levi Mitchell would play in the NFL. But I'm just saying that players want to be the guy. They all want to be the guy, whether it be for the game, at least for a moment. So, you know, that that's what they work towards. Yep. And, and Frank, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you something. Do you know how much slack I caught when, when Bo Levi Mitchell signed back with the Calgary Stampeders? Do you know how much crap I got, got thrown at my face? All the, all the trash. I have an idea. <laughs> oh my god, my inbox is flooded, bro. Good for your inbox, I guess. Yeah, you know, I get Mike. What happened to Bolivar like Mitchell in the NFL? What happened? He couldn't cut it. I say, nah, it wasn't that he couldn't cut it. The money wasn't right. And we both know we talked about this Frank off air. The type of money they were trying to offer him, it wasn't what he thought it was gonna be. So, and, hey, and he didn't want to right. hold a clipboard, Mike. And he didn't want to hold a yeah, clipboard. And he didn't want to hold a clipboard. Nope. So, but you know that's you that's, know what you know. It's good to have an ego, Mike. It's good to have an ego. Don't get me wrong. It's good to have an ego, but sometimes it's also not good to have an ego. And and no, no, by has, right. has a lot of a lot of ego, Mike. And 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 it works to his advantage more often than not. But the fact is, he isn't a known quantity in the NFL. And for him to think that he was going to get a starting job just because he asked for one, I know he won a great cup. Big deal here in Canada. Not so big in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think if he would have if he would have held that clipboard for one year, he would have got his wish the next following year, 2020. 
would have been his fault, would have been his year. I mean, because you, you think about the NFL, we got so many scrub quarterbacks that got starting positions right now, and you're like, wow, how did this guy even in the league, man? You know what I'm saying? So all he had to do is wait. And I, and, and I agree with you. The ego, you know, is good to have one, but sometimes it doesn't work in your favor. But, you know, since I'm on air, Frank, and I know all our listeners are listening, to everybody that was in my inbox talking that crap, I just want to let y'all know, y'all going to wish that he was in the NFL by the time he finished scrapping up your team. Y'all heard it first. <laughs> well, there's no doubt about that. You're listening to Mike Townsend. I'm Candid Frank. You're listening to CFL Talk. It's Candid Frank and Live. We hope you're enjoying the program. Earlier we had Trevor Harris on and talked to him about him moving uh, to Edmonton. Very happy to be moving there. Uh, proud of him and what he's accomplished in his career. Hey, he's been a guy that has moved around and done things that, you know, that young players want to do. He's fulfilled some dreams. Good for him. We've yes, talked a, a, a bit about quarterbacks. We've talked about receivers. We've talked about defenses. How about talking a little bit about the league? Um, I'd like to ask you, now I don't know if you're aware, but the Combine – the National Combine is coming back to Toronto. It'll be here in Toronto again. Oh, yeah, it's I read not that. On the road. I read that. It's not on the road. That's too bad. I like the fact that it was on the road. Mm-hmm. But at the Here's same the time, Frank, being in Toronto, at the same time, you get to talk to a lot of the good the, uh, the prospects that's going to the Combine, though, when you go to the yeah, practice. You got right? that. That's good that's for me, I guess. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. How do you feel about the International Football Association that the CFL is tying to, all these countries that play football? Do you think this is a good thing, bad thing? Yeah, it's it's a good thing, Frank. It's it's a good thing. Now, one thing I'm going to say, and and, and there's no disrespect to the other leagues in different countries, uh, so I'm not – don't take this the wrong way. Um, but, you know, it's going to take time for the Mexican players, the Mexican league, to get uh, star-caliber players uh, acclimated to football. It's going to take time for them, just like it took time for the Polish leagues, the German leagues, um, the, the the Spanish leagues, or whatever leagues they have out. But And many of them have been know, around for decades. They've been around for decades. People don't even know about it. Um, and I, I think it's good that the CFL are, are – are dealing with some of these leagues. And, you know, um, the the GFL, the German Football League, that league there, a lot of people don't know, they they have a lot of talent that comes out of the GFL that be on CFL, in, I mean, not in the CFL rosters, NFL rosters that go to NFL cuts. So them guys do have some talent over the GFL. One of my guys, uh, one of our guys, Frank Juke Akins, played in the GFL. Um, one of my guys is that signed with our uh, agency, Shane Nader. He plays quarterback in the GFL, and he played GFL 1. So um, there's a lot of lot of talented guys that play in, in the GFL that just need opportunity. Now, um, before I ask you if there's a topic you want to talk about, now we don't have any of the facts. You didn't, I, I didn't see your, your uh, link. Uh, Manziel has been denied a contract, uh, has been asked, uh, Montreal's been asked to drop his contract. They have. Um, it's too bad. Uh, all I'm going to say about this, and from what I understand, from what I'm reading, um, 
it probably has something to do with him failing a drug test. Probably. Don't know for sure. Because if it was domestic abuse, we would have heard about it. Um, yep. If it was like what we thought, and I think those are old stories, the car accidents. I think those are all old stories, Mike. Mm-hmm. We would hear about that too, right? Um, yep. So by process of elimination, he probably didn't pass a drug or alcohol test. Well, I mean, hey, if it if if was anything dealing with marijuana, I mean, come on now. Don't suspend him for that. I mean, because after that, don't count. Be... That marijuana is not a problem <laughs> in the Canadian Football League. Marijuana, right? You can smoke but if you, you're in the CFL. If you're in the not CFL, you can blaze one. But they see other stuff. Other stuff. They're not right. allowed to. Well, you know, yeah, I, I, Mike, I know we disagree about this, and we'll just go out there publicly. I don't think Manziel was ready to play in the Canadian Football League. I don't think he was good enough to play in the Canadian Football League. But I do agree with you a little bit that he deserved a a better shot. He didn't get it. It didn't happen for him. And it's probably never going to happen for him here. Uh, His other options are the AF or the new league uh, um, that, that starts next year, right? So... Yep, that might fail. be a shot for him. Well, um, from what I was hearing through our different guys I was talking to today, that he was suspended, and I, I, I can no confirm or deny, Frank, I'm just going by hearsay, that he, it has something to do with him talking to the AAF about coming down there and playing, which when you're under contract, it's forbidden for you to talk to other leagues about playing for them while you're under contract. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. So, because if you notice, Montreal is not even saying why they suspended him. I mean, come on, man. Y'all tell everything else to the CFL. They don't necessarily know, Mike. They were just told by the the league, his contract is null and void, boys. Yeah. I mean, tell everything else. Now, tell why you suspended him. Tell why you suspended him. That's what I want to know. Tell us. Well, and if it has to do with the AAS. Yeah, I know they don't. But what I'm saying is, you say you tell everything else why everybody else is suspended. If it has something to do with the AAF, Frank, then just say it. That hey, he he violated rules by talking to the league, and you know this is not this is unacceptable when you sign with the CFL. Hey, man, there you go. You can say that. But from what yeah, I'm hearing, it's, it has something to do with the league. So he was he was trying to get a better job. Yep. Mm-hmm. He fits under that headline of dumbass. Yes, he does. Donkey of the day, baby. Because if he did that, if he did that, that was really stupid. Again, we don't know that for a fact. It's all conjecture. But but the fact remains, it was something that wasn't publicly accessible. And you know, if he had spent the night in a drunk tank, we would know about it. Uh, If he was impaired driving, we would have known about it. If it was abuse, we would have known about it. So there's only a few things left that it could be. Yeah, and like Kavis Reese said, if the CFL wouldn't have intervened, he'd still be in Montreal to the day. So it had to be something dealing with the AAF. Because as soon as he gets suspended, now contracts are being talked about them coming down there. I mean, because that followed the league, they they tried to sign Colin Kaepernick. They tried to get Tim Tebow, and Kaepernick asked for $20 million dollars. And Tebow just declined it because he's working on his baseball career. So they want to get the high price, the high name quarterback into the league uh, to put some more fans in the stands, which 
if Manziel signs the contract, he'll be playing for the um, San Antonio Commandos, Frank, and San Antonio are one of the surprising teams that put almost 30,000 fans in a stand every home game. Well, uh, you know, which, 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 you know, uh, not all the teams are getting a lot of attendance. Some are getting like 800. Some getting 800, some getting 17,000, 18,000, which, I mean, hey, 17,000, 18,000, hey, man, you're going to go through your struggles. But when you're putting 27 to 30,000 butts in the seats every home game, that's a success for that team. But I, I think we're entering a new era, Mike. I, I really do. I, I, I think LiveGate, while it's important financially, there's some leagues that are just going to survive simply because they're on television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Football on television. They need football on television. They want football on television. And and if it can be good football, great. The problem they're having in the, with the with the AA, the Alliance of American Football is they don't they can't seem they they don't seem to have any really good quarterbacks. The quarterbacks look awful, Mike. They suck, Frank. They're bad. They are bad. You know, um, Logan Woodside. I think he played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, Last year, I was on a on a practice roster. He's about the only good quarterback. And then the guy Garrett from um, for Orlando Apollos, Steve Spurs team. He's lighting up the league. And the, yeah, Garrett, yeah, Garrett, and then Logan Woodside for um for San Antonio. The rest of these quarterbacks, man, where did you find them at, man? I mean, come on, send them back. And I think well, the that's owner the of why they trying to. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I jumped in too soon. No, I was saying, and that's the reason why they try to get Karpinick and Tebow in the league and Johnny Manziel. They want to bring us some high-profile high profile quarterbacks. So, you know, hey, that's what they need. That's all. Well, they got they got a new owner of the league. Uh, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes of the National Hockey League injected $250 million to help with the cash flow issues they have already. And people are acting like well, that's it for this league. They're having money trouble. You really expect a new league not to have money trouble? Is that really what you expect? Right. And, and I had to explain to some people. I'm saying, listen here, man. A lot of people want the league to fail for the simple fact a lot of CFL players are playing in the league. We got Zach Stacy playing in the league. Um, who else? There's a couple of Trent Richardson playing in the league. Um, a couple of CFL quarterbacks that was on practice roster playing in the league. And, I mean, a lot of people want to leave the field because they feel they CFL players are going to go down south and play in this league. But you got to realize, for every CFL player that goes down south, you have an NFL player or a college player that's going to come north. Seontay Evans signed yep, with there. the AAF. With the, yep, sure did. And, and and the guy that, that put $250 million into the league – he is one of the shareholders, and he put the two hundred fifty million dollars in the league because he's going to put a team in North Carolina next year. Terrell Sinkfield is in the AAF. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Dylan Wynn and Argo. Yep, in the CFL. I mean, in the AAF. Yep. So you know, it's another job for football players. I, I'm not. I'm really not that disturbed about what's going on with the AAF, because quite frankly, Mike, I don't think 
the players that the AAF take, I don't think the CFL is really interested in them anyway. To be honest with you, no, no, the Frank, the only the only player that the CFL is going to be interested in is the guys that played in the league, like Terrell Sinkfield, Wynn, uh, and, and Jack Stacy. You know, some of them guys. You know, what I'm saying that played in the league that they already know by household names. You understand what I'm saying? Come on, these quarterbacks but, that they have right now could even come to the CFL and, and hold the water bottle. Come on, Frank. Well, that's just it. That's just it. And, and you know what? I, I I just don't see it being a problem for the Canadian Football League. And the reason I don't see it being a problem for the Canadian Football League is that the league is established, and the more places there are where football players are being developed, the more they'll move around, the more available good players there are everywhere. You know, when when the AAF caliber rises, it's going to help the CFL caliber rise as well. Because I, I don't really I don't really believe in this stuff where a guy earns if if there's nothing you know earns a lot of money. If there's nothing else that we've learned about football, anybody who's paying attention, and I'm speaking to those of you that actually are paying attention to football and the world of football. They get paid twenty five dollars a day to to play indoor football. They don't go to indoor football because of because of money. They go there right. to get some game film together so that they can get a shot somewhere that leads hopefully to the NFL. How many guys are wishing and hoping to make it to the NFL? Maybe two of them do, but the rest of the rest of the players they're considering themselves a possible one of those two guys, Mike. That's It's all about dreams and about chasing It's all them. about dreams. Mm-hmm. All about dreams. And one thing you said, Frank, and I, and I totally agree with you, once the caliber of players come up in the AAF, a lot of the quarterbacks, it's going to be a different type of game. And right now, that's the only thing that's struggling with the league is, is, is the quarterback position, except maybe a few. Only a couple of quarterbacks that's – really legit guys that the NFL is going to look at or CFL is going to look at. But these other other guys out here playing quarterback, man, they're going to be back working at the local whatever the heck they worked at when the season is over with. They're not going to be in the league, no way, shape, or form. No. Uh-uh. I just happen to think that the more good for football players there are, the better the league will be, and that's all we're looking for. Mike? That's it. As always, as always a pleasure. Uh, it was good to get back with you. Uh, we'll have to do it again next week, and uh, maybe soon we'll be rolling along and uh, having a lot of fun uh, talking about actual games in just over uh, we got March, April, and May. So you know we got two more months to to wait and see. Mike, do the honors, my friend. All right, Frank. To next week. Myself and the original blog talk kings, Frank Denise, we have officially left the building. Good night, folks. <laughs>